Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Jen Chavez. Pride Month is in full swing, and Oregonians are celebrating. And Pride events aren't just happening in the state's biggest cities. In more rural areas throughout the state, LGBTQ plus folks are coming together to represent and celebrate in their own communities. And this time and space together for Pride is vital this year, as queer people, especially trans folks, are facing an increase in threats and attacks on their identities from anti-LGBTQ groups and legislation across the country. Joining me today to talk about what Pride means to them this year are three LGBTQ plus leaders in Oregon. Nick Portella is the program manager for Columbia Gorge Pride Alliance. Laura Ersig is the director of Southern Oregon Coast Pride. And Juliet Rudder is board secretary with Umpqua Valley Rainbow Collective. Welcome to all three of you to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Nick, let me begin with you. Can you start by telling me a little bit about the LGBTQ plus folks you're in community with in the Columbia Gorge and what you love about them? Absolutely. So I actually come from a pretty big city. And when I moved out here, I thought I was going to be hard up to find uh, some of my queer and trans community that I was used to. But the Columbia River Gorge has uh amazing lgbtq plus uh communities here and we take really good care of each other Mm. and so while we might not be as prevalent as you might see in the big city we we find our we find each other we have little secret facebook groups and we we have hangouts and and lately we've been really showing up more in the community unafraid of of who might see us and really making ourselves known in a way that we haven't in the past mostly because of those legislative and and attacks that we're seeing in our communities yeah and okay so you are not just doing one pride celebration in the gorge this year you have planned an entire month of events why has celebrating pride month very literally been important to you and your community this year yeah we've got our whole 30 days of gay as we've decided (laughs) to call it yes yeah and you know this year it's especially important we've had a huge expansion in programming at the columbia gorge pride alliance with our youth council, our gender affirming locker, just really seeing more people come through the door and wanting to engage in services and build community. And so we saw this year as an excellent opportunity to take advantage of folks wanting to connect and making ample opportunity for that to happen. And so we've we've got everything from a clothing drive to a burlesque show to the actual um, pride celebration and resource fair on the 25th in the Dalles, like you name it. And it's happened in this month in the Columbia Gorge. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit a minute ago, but I know the political landscape and moral panic around LGBTQ plus issues is really tough right now in a lot of places in the U.S. What are you seeing in the Gorge? Are you getting support from members of the wider community there? 
Yeah, actually, you know, we had some folks um, come and protest one of our drag queen story hour events. And when we got wind of that the night before, um, that that was going to happen, we called out to our community and we said, listen, this is plan- some folks are planning to to protest our event. And we would love if we could just provide a wall of love to block those kids so that they know that what they want to do is totally OK. And we're just here to to protect them from this negativity and from this hate. And so when we made that ask, we weren't expecting the more than 30 people that showed up um, to block uh, those youth in so that they could get in safely. Uh, And people have been uh, interact. That was our most interacted with posts on social media ever. Um, It people were, were just so eager to show up and say that hate is not welcome in our community despite what people might think about rural Oregon and rural places in general. We are here, we're here to accept everyone who lives here and hold them in love and and celebrate them. Laura Ursig, I wanna turn to you next. First, could you tell me a bit about what you celebrate about the LGBTQ plus communities in your area, the Southern Oregon coast? We celebrate so much. I think like Pride Month for us has just been the time where we all get to connect and have fun and play together in larger ways. We do a lot of really small things throughout the year. And this is like the events that allow a lot more multi-generational conversations and interactions to happen. Um, Because otherwise, it's like our queer and ally youth group that meets every week that has like the most consistent um, attendance. Um, So we celebrate visibility, I think, first and foremost in June. we just did our first like really big pride in Brookings and they had like 300 plus people show up and this was completely planned by that community. Like I live in Coos Bay. So we've been traveling down and supporting the volunteers there to envision what they want. And just like the messaging over and over is like, Oh my God, I can't believe we have this in Brookings. Thank you for doing this. And just being able to turn and be like, these are the people who live here who planned this. (laughs) Like, um, so I'd say visibility is what we celebrate the most. And I want to go back to something that you just said and talking about like um, multi-generational connection. Why is that important in your community? It's important because I want all ages, you know, we usually say like the young folks to see like their elders thriving in this community. But similarly for like those of us who are no longer considered young <laughs> um, to like get a chance to interact and talk with our younger folks who are like breaking new barriers and exploring like language in a different way than many of us ever got to. Um, and just the community that can come from from those dialogues and the strength of that collective um, power. And you mentioned that you're in Coos Bay and Southern Oregon Pride's next event this month is happening there. Um, I know there's been some issues there around flying the Pride flag. Currently, there's Mm -hmm. a moratorium on flags on city flagpoles that aren't officially nationally recognized flags like the United States or Oregon flag. But last year, the city council approved a a pride flag being flown during Pride Month, like by the city, despite the backlash that ended up facing. What did that recognition, that symbol of this pride flag flown by the city mean for LGBTQ plus folks in your area? Again, I'm going to say it was the visibility and it was the like 
oh, my city sees me, my city values this and is celebrating my identity, something that nobody would have like expected. So the number of like folks, especially some of my friends who've like moved away, but came back for various reasons to see family are like, oh my God, like there's a pride flag. Did you, what's up with that? Um, it was, it was a big deal. And like, it was really painful as a result when this like symbol was, I'm going to say like taken away or threatened. And so that has been interesting navigating those conversations with city council who maybe didn't anticipate the backlash they were going to get the following year. Mm -hmm. Um, but our history museum has like stepped up and they're on a similar area of the, of the community. So they're flying a pride flag kind of in honor of the fact that like city council is still trying to figure out how, how to make it through this conversation, we'll say. Yeah. And you told me a little bit about like pride events that have already happened. Um, and I looked at some of the events and resources that you are offering for folks in your area. And one cool resource that you're offering is de-escalation training. Why mm -hmm. is this an important thing for you to be offering for folks right now? Because we all need it. Like I the unfortunate reality is that safety is a conversation that all of us have at all of our events, whether it's, you know, a big pride in the park or just something small like we did. We had an event at our history museum that was a lecture on like the history of drag. You know, we know that people are out there who want to detract from people coming, who want to scare folks into not showing up to events in person. And so some of the way that we kind of address that is by educating our community and training folks on like when you're at an event how can you kind of help de-escalate folks whether that's people who are coming to protest that event or people who are at the event feeling pretty frustrated by the folks who are protesting um just like trying to keep it a safe space for everyone and that focuses on like typically the queer joy that we're celebrating rather than what's happening out there yeah if you're just tuning in, we're talking right now about Pride celebrations throughout Oregon this year with Nick Portella of Columbia Gorge Pride Alliance, Laura Ersig of Southern Oregon Coast Pride, and Juliet Rudder of Umpqua Valley Rainbow Collective. Juliet Rudder, I want to turn to you now. You and your peers in your area just formed Umpqua Valley Rainbow Collective last year. Um, first of all, congratulations on doing that. Why did you form this group? Thank you. Um, well, the group was formed um, because we really wanted to create more um, safe spaces for our community. And we really wanted to um, create a sense of, of gathering and a sense of we can do things together as, um, as a group of people. Um, so we started out with game nights, dinners, groups, potlucks, um, and yeah, now we're graduating to <laughs> uh, putting together pride events in Douglas County. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, since your group is relatively new, um, you're hosting your first pride event this year. What are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to it being the first pride festival uh, that has uh, not been something that we've had before. We've um, had parades in the past, um, and we actually just had one um, not too long ago. And um, with with this, we um, we're going to be having this at the Douglas County Fairgrounds, and it it can be a space that 
we can enclose so people don't need to be mulling about with protesters literally right behind them. Mm -hmm. uh, the protesters get to be outside of the event. <laughs> um, so it's it's a much um, it's a much more exclusive thing that people can feel safer at. Um, and less like they need to defend their existence every two seconds while also trying to celebrate themselves. We're trying to help them to not have to do that. Yeah. And, you know, to speak to that, at, at some past Pride events in Douglas County, celebrants have had to deal with counter protests from local anti-LGBTQ plus groups. One of them that's shown up a lot is the Wellspring Bible Fellowship. Uh how does it feel and why is it important to you to celebrate pride in yourselves and queer communities in your area in the face of anti-LGBTQ hate? Well, if you look at LGBTQIA plus history, like that is really where we shine. We, we come up against uh, opposition. We we shine when we need to shine. And I think that that, um, <laughs> I think, I don't want to say that we shine because of that. We absolutely like, that's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, but we feel the need to be louder when people are trying to, are trying to hurt us. So, I would say that it is extra specially important since we have these um, people who who don't want us to be who we are. They they want us to be what they are, and we can't be. We're born this way. So um, yeah, that's. Um, I think that that is why um, it's important. Um, at least partly why it's important um, is is to be us as loud as we can be, and also to be us for the people who can't be themselves right now, who it isn't safe for them to be themselves right now. If if they need to be in the closet for their safety, we need to tell them that we are here too, so that they know that they're not alone, even if they can't come out there and, and be there with us. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you the same question that I asked Nick and Laura, what do you love most about the queer communities you serve and work with in Douglas County? I love how I love how they're themselves. Uh, mm. we, we are some of the most introspective people uh, because we have to be. We had to really look into ourselves uh, to be able to break through the heteronormative, cis-normative world that we live in. And we had to we had to do research. We had to talk to other people who we thought were different from us at the time. We we had to we had to reach out in some way in order to find ourselves. And the just just the the butterflies uh, that that people in the queer community are is 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 beautiful. We have to. We have to go through that struggle in order to find ourselves. And while I don't think that we should have to do that, I think that it is still something that should be revered and respected and loved. 
Yeah, I want to end with a question for all three of you. So Nick, you first, what is bringing you joy this Pride Month? This Pride Month, what's bringing me the most joy, I think, is some combination of all the youth that I've gotten to meet that um, are volunteering and involved and participating in their first Pride event ever um, and getting to like witness that unraveling of like, oh my gosh, there's a whole celebration for me <laughs> um, on that look on their face um, is just like my favorite thing in the world. And I think my my most favorite thing is that this year, I get to do it with two people who are on my team. It's the first time we've ever gotten to have actual staff for our program. And having these two folks, shout out to Naomi and Kit, to help and put these events together with me and make this all come to fruition has been such a joy. And so I just I can't say enough good things about how much of a difference it makes when you have a team of people putting events like this together and and watching it unfold uh, the day of. And so just like super stoked for our, our last event on the 25th um, at the park and can't wait to to see their the fruits of their labor. Awesome. What about you, Laura? What's bringing you joy this Pride Month? Oh, man. I mean, similar to Nick, it's it's the young people. I like You ask that question and this image of all of the younger kids at the Brookings Pride bouncing this gigantic beach ball and just laughing and smiling, interacting with each other and just like feeling safe to be who they are and going and getting their makeup done. Like that brings me queer joy. And also some of our older folks coming up during like when we were at Azalea Festival and just looking at us really closely and saying, thank you for being here. And the young people behind our table, like watching those interactions. Um, that's bringing me a lot of joy. Yeah. And Juliet, lastly, what about you? What's bringing you joy this month? Um, well, I, <laughs> I really love actually how much, um, how much more visibility is on rural spaces. Mm. Um, like this isn't the only place that I've heard of where uh, rural areas are starting to get um, more attention. And that really gives me hope because uh, talking about intersectionality, like uh, people who are in rural places, they, they're, people aren't watching. And that in and of itself um, allows for things that aren't so great to continue to happen. Um, so that that visibility that um, that rural areas exist, that we are diverse and we do have, um, we are here. <laughs> um, you know, so having that having that kind of recognition is is really really important. Um, and so seeing that um, it it gives me uh, hope and it and it gives me strength um, in addition to also just um, yeah the just just the people feeling empowered and 
and really, really coming up against all of the all of the hate that that we're seeing. Um, House Bill 2002 uh, passed um, the, the Senate uh, the other day. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, like, please feel free to look it up. But it is it is something that um, will help with uh, affirming transgender care. Um, and that helps to pave the way for future legislation like it to make sure that our rights are being protected by the government. So even though there's all of these awful things, all of these bills, all of these people who are, yeah, who, who feel the need to be awful to queer people, um, there is hope and the love out there it's more powerful than the hate out there. And I can really, really feel it in the face of, of all the hate. And that gives me queer joy. Thank you, Nick, Laura, and Juliet. Thank you all so much for joining me today. And happy Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> happy Pride. Thank you. Happy Pride. <laughs> I've been speaking with Nick Portella of Columbia Gorge Pride Alliance, Laura Ersig of Southern Oregon Coast Pride, and Juliet Redder of Umpqua Valley Rainbow Collective. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk to local author Joshua James Amberson about his new book, Staring Contest. It's a collection of essays about vision, eyes, and what we see. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on the NPR One app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thank you very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Jen Chavez. Have a great day. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva. The Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, and Michael, Kristen, Andrew, and Anna Kern.